So this morning, um, we're going to combine two chapters from our Believe study. We're going to combine chapters 15 and 16. Chapter 15 was titled Spiritual Gifts. That was last Sunday on Mother's Day, and so we went a different direction. Today, the topic would have been, if you're following along in our Belief study, it was Offering My Time. And so I'm going to combine those two out of, for this reason, it's on the screen, is that I believe that when you discover how to use your spiritual gifts to serve, you will discover the purpose for your life. And so there's this idea that as you offer your time to achieve God's purposes, that if you were to understand how God has made you and gifted you, that it would allow you to use your time, not just wisely, but way more effectively. And so this morning, I want to do my best to help us understand that. Now, I see some new faces, and I've said this word twice, or these words twice, believe study, and some of you are like, I have no idea what you're talking about. So let me take 45 seconds, maybe, and and walk us through that, and a reminder for the rest of us at New City Church. This is a book called Believe. It's written by Randy Frazee, who pastors the church out at Westside Family, out on K7. And this is not the Bible, but it's packed full of Scripture. And what Pastor Randy did is he took uh, this book, and it's broken down into three sections of ten chapters. So the first ten chapters, and we've already talked about this, is um, our core beliefs. Like, as Christians, what are ten core beliefs that, that we believe to be true? We're currently in the second set of ten, which are core practices. Like, because we believe this, how is it impacting our daily life? And so we're in the middle of that kind of teaching right now. We're going to continue on for a few more weeks, but very soon we're going to be in the last section, which is who are we becoming? And that's simply, we're going to look at ten ways that the Holy Spirit is shaping us to look more like Jesus. So how fun is it to be told to, hey, get a book and jump right to the middle? right? But if you don't have this book yet, I got three things that I'm going to ask you to do if you're new to New City or if you've not yet participated in this, is buy this book and begin to read it, all right? And again, you can jump right into chapter 18. That's where we're going to be next Sunday. Not only are we asking you to read it, if I, I really wish I could put you all in a headlock and make you do something, but I can't, right? But join a believe group to discuss what you've read. I mean, there's power in discussing what you're reading with other people on this journey with you. And if you're like, hey, I want to get a part of a believe and I don't know kind of how to do that, uh, Diana Bartell is out in the lobby. I don't think she's in the room right now. But she is at that resource table, and you can stop there. She's our uh, small group, our city group expert, and she will get you in a believe group that's best for you. But you read it on your own, then we're going to discuss it in a group, and then I'm like the cherry on top of the Sunday, pun intended, Right. I'm going to wrap it up and kind of put it all together in one specific way. How has what you've read impact us as a church body? When you read and when you discuss, we typically say, hey, what does this mean for my life? I want to bring it to you today. How does this impact the church as a whole? And so we're going to look at spiritual gifts and offering our time. But today's one of those days that if you don't participate, it's going to go really bad. Right? Like, if you don't play along, it's going to be a wah-wah, right? And so, uh, will, you, will you please participate with me? There's going to be opportunities this morning for you to stand at different times. And so, if you're new here, this is not what we always do. Most times, I want you to sit down and be quiet. But today, I'm kidding. <laughs> but today, I'm going to invite you to stand up and, and join with me. And so, I want to start by taking us to Ephesians chapter 4. In Ephesians chapter 4, this is where Paul begins to unpack these types of giftings. So I want to talk about quickly two types of giftings that we see in the scripture. All right, are you ready? Two types of giftings. First in Ephesians 4, think of these, what I'm going to show you as titles or positions. 
Think of them as jobs almost. Titles, positions, jobs. And then in 1 Corinthians chapter 12 and in Romans chapter 12, which we'll get to next, they are uh, tools that you do in that specific job. And you may be like, I don't understand. I hope to get you uh, some clarity as we move forward. But I want to start in Ephesians chapter 4. I want to read this to you, and then I want to see how we might identify with it. So let's start with uh, chapter, I mean, chapter 4, verse 11. Paul writes this. Jesus himself gave, really quick, who gave? So this is really important. What we're about to read, Paul identifies that Jesus himself has given something to the church. So Jesus himself gave to, the, to be apostles, some to be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, some shepherds and teachers, equipping the saints. Why? So why has Jesus gifted the church, apostles, prophets, evangelists, shepherds, and teachers to equip the saints for the work of the ministry? Who are the saints? Raise your hand if you're a saint. If you're not sure, that's you, right? And, and, if you're, and if you're clearly not, I'm glad you're here. I hope that you are by the time we leave, right? But to equip you, right? Listen, God has gifted you, not for you. This is really important. We live in a culture that's me, 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 take another selfie, right? Me, me, me. God equips us for other people, right? So apostles, prophets, evangelists, shepherd teachers, to equip the saints for the work of the ministry, to build up the body of Christ until we all reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of God's Son, growing into maturity with a stature measured by Christ's fullness. That may go right over your head, but here's the deal. God has gifted you to this church to make us look more like Jesus, right? But sometimes we don't know how we fit into this body. And so I'm going to ask you to participate with me. I'm going to walk us through what we call the APEST, Apostles, prophets, evangelists, shepherds, and teachers. Here's a little picture, A-P-E-S-T. I'm going to read some descriptors of each one of these. And if at any time I say something that you're like, oh my gosh, that's me, I just want you to stand up, all right? And I want you to keep standing. I'm not going to call on you. I'm not going to make you talk. You don't have to do a little dance, nothing to embarrass you. I just want the church to see who's in the room, all right? And so I'm going to start with the apostles. I'm going to give some uh, descriptors. These, this is not a complete list. So please don't catch me afterwards and say, well, hey, you didn't say it was this. I know, okay? This is just some of the things, but let's play along. Again, this is the part that if you don't play along with me, it's going to be really bad. All right, here we go. Apostles, you are the ones who love to start things. There we go. Thank you for playing. You love to start things. You have a lot of new ideas. You have a hard time staying in one job. You don't have to sit down once you're up. You don't have to be all of these. You don't have to be all of them. It's just one of them, okay? All right? For you, it seems that every idea is a great idea. All right? And here we go. I might get people to stand up on this one. You have a lot of unfinished projects. Okay, that's fine. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you for being honest, all right? Okay, so keep standing. Now, this is why, folks who are not standing, this is why we need apostles. I'm an apostle. I love to start things right? And in my lifetime, uh, every idea has been a great idea. And I have spent, here's a, here's a negative, I have spent a lot, a lot of times doing good things instead of doing the God thing. I, the enemy has done a good job, life has done a good job of keeping me busy doing good stuff so that I couldn't zero in on the one thing, the two things, the three things that God has asked me to do, right? Apostles love to start. If we didn't have apostles, we wouldn't have new churches, Jesus had the 12 disciples. They later were called what? The 12 
apostles. Why? He was commissioning these men to go and start something that currently wasn't, right? Apostles, you guys can have a seat. Now, what comes next is the prophet, all right? Now, if, if, if apostles love to start things, here are the descriptors for the prophet. If these connect with you, I want you to stand. Now, the first two, I want to give some clarity. I'm not meaning that you kind of are. I mean that this is like uber important to you, okay? Are you with me? You don't even know what they are yet, but I, they're very serious to you. Here we go. Number one, you might be a prophet if you really, 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 really want to make sure that you are hearing from God. Okay? You might be a prophet if you really, 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 really are passionate about God's Word. Like, it, like it's like, dude, what's it say? Right? Okay. You might be a prophet if you love to start every meeting or it bugs you if a meeting starts without prayer. Like you've literally said, hey, Matt, before we start, uh, can we just open with a word of prayer? Right? Like, that's important for you, okay? Um, you feel the weight of sin in our world. Like it bugs you. You are often afraid that you are making the wrong decision. People misunderstand you. And apostles like me drive you crazy. Okay, now for those of you who are standing, right? Apostles like me drive you crazy. Now, if you're an A and a P, you're a wretched soul. I'm sorry, right? <laughs> All right, if you're, it's Cody and AP, I saw Sean do that, right? If you're an AP, seriously, like, you need, we need counseling for you because you could really be struggling. So I want the prophets keep standing. Here's why you are important to the church. Because God has gifted the church apostles, men and women who love to start things. And for them, every idea could be a good idea, right? Until they have a prophet that comes beside them and says, why? Well, why do you want to do that? Like, can you tell me? And you're not being accusing. It's really, 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 really important that you hear from God. And that we're not just going to take people on staying busy. Hey, Matt, uh, what scripture inspired that idea? What are you sensing from God that's pointing you to go that direction? Like, what is, why is this so important to you? And so apostles need prophets because if we don't have you, we're always busy. But you come alongside us and you make sure that what we're doing is from God. We need each other. Here's how we need it. Well, let me say this first before I tell you why we need each other. If not careful, we will fight. Like, I will bother you, and you will bother me. Why? Because you slow me down. You're asking too many questions. Let's go! Right? And also why we struggle is because I speed you up. Because you're not ready yet. You don't have enough answers. You don't have enough information. You're not sure. You're not certain. So what's good about apostles and prophets is we get to be almost two wings to the same airplane. And because one is saying, hey, I think God is saying this, and someone else says, you know what, I think you're right, I'm sensing the same thing, guess where we go? Forward. But if as an apostle, I say, oh, prophets drive me bonkers, I'm just going to fly in circles. Or if a prophet says, I don't need the apostle because those guys drive me bonkers, you may never get off the ground. Because you want more, you need more. You're wanting the, in the book of Daniel, the hand to come right on the wall that says, do this, Right? And so we need each other. Prophets, when we can partner together, and when you're asking great questions and you're pointing us to God's word, and when the apostle says, hey, I have this idea, and the prophet says, tell me about it, when the apostle says, hey, here's what I think, and the prophet says, man, I think you're right, oh my gosh, watch out neighborhood, watch out city, watch out world, God's about to do something big time bad awesome, right? We need each other. 
So we're not going to fight. We are one body with many parts, apostles and prophets. You guys can sit down. So let's say that that has happened. So we have an idea that is from God. Boom, power, right? Now we need somebody that's going to come and get the word out. We need some people that are going to come and say, hey, listen, this is what's shaking, and you've got to be a part of it. Think about how smart Jesus is. He says, listen, we're going to, I'm going to give to the church people who love to start things, and then I'm going to put next to these people uh, men and women who are going to make sure they stay focused on God's Word, and then I'm going to give a third group of people who are passionate about evangelism. So I want to give you some statements for the evangelist. If you're, this connects with you, I want you to stand. First of all, evangelists, you love lost people. Like, they don't scare you. Like you're at Starbucks or at the mall or hanging with friends and they're saying words that you don't typically say and you don't go, because <gasps> some of us do this. Like your friend drops the F word and you're like, oh, oh my gosh. Like you got, evangelists have a great poker face. Like you may not be okay with it, but you ain't going to let that person yet because if, you, if you're like this, guess what? Relationship's done. Evangelist, you love talking about spiritual things. Actually, you can listen for spiritual things in any conversation because you listen well, and when they say something, you're like, oh, 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 I can, I can, I can talk about Jesus through this, right? How about this? Um, you, love to include, you love to include others. Evangelists, you love to talk. <laughs> Evangelists, you've never met a stranger. You've never met a stranger. Um, sometimes you don't know when to stop talking, Right? There is some evangelist out there, an immature evangelist doesn't have any social awareness. Right? You come across as like one of those people, right? <laughs> Danger. Right? They're weirdos, right? Don't be a weirdo. You can love Jesus, don't be weird, right? Someone has made some kind of statement, maybe, maybe that said like you could sell ice cubes to an Eskimo. I don't know, like you're just good at selling things. And so here is, here's how I view the evangelist. The evangelist has one foot in the church and one foot in the world. And the evangelist is saying, hey, listen, man, you've got to check out this thing that's going on. Like, you've got to hear about my Jesus. Let me tell you about my Jesus. Or maybe you're inviting somebody to your church, or you're inviting somebody to your ministry. And if I told you guys that your only responsibility was to come and sit on Sunday morning and learn from me, you would be like, see you later. I'm going to go join some other organization where I can talk about my Jesus. You're welcome here, Vince. I'm an E. I'm an evangelist. Man, I love to talk about the spiritual things with all types of people. And so here's what I want to say to you guys who are standing up. Fill this place. Get the word out. Talk about Jesus everywhere you can. Uh, represent us well. And if you need a place to invite people back to, man, consider New City Church, two services on Sunday morning, 9 and 1030. Fill up our believe groups. Fill up our ministries. Do your part to get the good news out there that, man, God is doing something at New City Church. Help me fill this building. Evangelists, you guys can have a seat. So think about this. Apostles have started it. Prophets are keeping it pure. Evangelists are inviting people too. What happens if they show up? Like seriously, what happens if people show up? What happens if the evangelists literally go and they invite friends next week and they decide to come to church? What are, what are we going to do? Man, again, Jesus is so smart. He gives us shepherds. He gives us shepherds. Stand if you feel like you are a very loyal person. You love people, and sometimes you're not sure why you love them. How about this? You tend to stand up for someone when you feel like they're being talked about or taken advantage of. You see the needs of others more than most. People have said to you, you care too much. 
You have gone without so that others might have. You like to keep the peace, but you will fight if necessary. See, a shepherd won't pick a fight, but a shepherd will spiritually finish it. Right? Right? Like, I'm not going to pick a fight with you, but if I feel like you're attacking one of the people in the room, you just know that, man, Pastor Matt's not a passive pastor. I'm coming at you hard and fast. Not physically, but with the Word of God. I'm going to beat you up in the name of Jesus. Right? <laughs> because I care for my sheep. I care for my congregation. I care for my people. Right? And, and you laugh because some of you are like, me too, man. Like, I will shepherd. Like, here's the importance. Like, this is, this is what inspires me. Because I look at this room and look at all the people that are standing. And here's what I see. We are ready for growth. We are ready for the evangelists to fill this place because there are shepherds who are ready to care for them. Now, you may be like, oh, no, 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 I don't want to sit down. I don't want to sit down. I can't care for anybody. No, 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 listen. God has wired you as a person who cares for other people. And when you step into that wisely, because an immature shepherd right? I shouldn't say immature. How do I want to say this? You can only shepherd so much. Like you can, Jesus had 12. Oh no, I will shepherd thousands. No, you won't. No, you won't. You shepherd what you can shepherd. You do what you can do. Show love to the, if it's three people, that's fine. If it's 33, be you. But I'm saying, I, I want you to hear from me. I give you permission to care for this church. Now, who do you shepherd? You shepherd those that are sitting down and you shepherd those that are standing up. Look around. This is who you are to care for. And next week when new people come in because the evangelists are going to do their job, you're not going to stand up in the corner and go, I wonder who they are. Right? Like, listen, I give you permission. You're all on the greeting team starting now. <laughs> you don't have to go to a meeting. You don't have to get to church any earlier than you currently get here. You don't have to, you, I'm not asking you to do anything else except when you're here, love the people around you. Just shepherd us. Ask how we're doing and mean it. If somebody says they're struggling, don't say, oh, I need Pastor Matt to pray. Pray for them. God hears you too. And just love on us. Love on the congregation. Love on one another. Is that cool? Now, you guys can sit down. If you do this, no matter how bad I get, people won't leave. At some point, those of you who are new, I had somebody tell me this earlier, and I really appreciate this feedback. She says, you know what? I never lose uh, track with you because you're so funny. And I go, I know. <laughs> I'd love to tell you that I write my jokes. I don't. They're right from the Lord, right? I have the gift of being funny. Um, it's not in the Bible, but it should be. But, it's, but here's the deal. At some point, you will have heard all my jokes. Like, I've been with Jen for 15 years. She doesn't laugh anymore, Right? <laughs> At some point, you will have heard all of my jokes. At some point, I won't be deep enough for you. At some point, you will say, I'm not being fed. At some point, you will say something that the reason I'm leaving is because of something that Matt's not doing unless you have church friends and are being cared for by this flock. If you don't have church friends, I'm just telling you, I'm going I'm to predict the future for you. If you don't have church friends in this church, at some point, it will be an inconvenience for you to be here. If you don't have church friends in this church, if you're not connected to this body, at some point, something will happen for you to say, hey, I think it's time that we go look somewhere else. I promise you that. Been doing New City for seven years. People leave. But it's really hard for people to leave when they have high relationship, when they feel like they're being pastored and cared for. If you're in the room and you're expecting me to pastor and care for you, guys, there's 860 of you. I can't. Not on my best day. 
We have to do this together, right? Some of you who have been with me since day one, you get more of Matt because we have a relationship. Like I see Summer Cole in the back. Like her and her husband Stanton and their kids, like since day one, they've been with me. Like I have her cell phone number, his cell phone number. We call Stanton, comes and sits in my hot tub with me. We're weird like that. <laughs> who are you inviting in your hot tub? I don't have one. Who are you inviting to your bathtub? I mean, like this, you know, I'm just. <laughs> All right. But when people come, they'll, they'll, we'll edit that part out, Curtis. All right, so, but when people are cared for, they're going to stay. But we're, we're called to equip the saints to teach them. And so the last thing that Jesus says is to be a teacher. Now, teachers that I'm about to introduce and kind of have you stand up, here's what you've got to pay attention to, teachers, is that you have to be the most careful because you are the most uh, vulnerable to being hypocrites. And so just because you're going to stand up in a minute doesn't mean that we're going to give you permission to go and teach. Because we want you to teach out of a place of strength, not out of a place of I like to talk. We want you to teach out of a place of maturity, not out of a place of I want people to see how great I am, right? And so one of my responsibilities as being the lead pastor is to say, hey, no, no, we, we want you at this part where you can stand up and you can talk to people with love, with ed- being educated, being knowledgeable on what you're talking about, but also saying, hey, this is where I was, this is how I've applied it, this is what I'm doing, it, and let me help you get there too. Like We, we want that, but just because you're good doesn't mean that everybody gets to talk. And so here are my teachers. And I'm curious about who you are because we want to develop this. A teacher, uh, you love to explain things. There, I knew Garrett would stand, right? You love it when someone learns. You love to take a hard thing and make it simple. You, uh, you have lots of PowerPoint presentations and keynote addresses. You like to talk. And you like to see people understand what you see. Now listen, if that's you, we want to equip you and then give you the spaces and the places to make us wiser, smarter, better, more equipped, right? And so, man, I I want you to know that we want you here because it might not happen on this stage, but it might. But you know how many rooms the Lord has blessed us with this new facility? We have all kinds of spaces and all kinds of places for you to host a meeting to talk about a variety of things. You could help us in our parenting. You could help us in our budget. You could help us with our time management. You could help us understand biblical truths like, hey, what is the Sabbath and what does it mean for me? You could help us understand uh, maybe a book of the Bible that you want to walk people through. Maybe people are curious about Revelation, and I may never unpack that on Sunday morning, but you want to do a class on Tuesday afternoons. Whatever, right? But for, I want you to know that itch that you have to teach people and to make unknown things known, I want to equip you to do that. We need you here. That's how we all get better. Amen? Okay, you guys can sit down. Now, do you guys see how those five things work together? The apostles start something or have the idea. The prophet says, man, that is from God. Together, they go, and woo, man, God's all over it. The evangelists bring them in. The shepherds uh, care and, and, and create community. And then the teachers raise us up into the maturity of God's word. Now, I want to take you to 1 Corinthians 12 and Romans 12, because going forward, I want you to consider as you walk into New City that I'm either an apostle, a prophet, evangelist, shepherd, and teacher. Like, I'm walking in with that position over my head. This is what I'm doing today. The Holy Spirit, Paul writes, has gifted you supernaturally with, uh, with equipment, with supernatural powers. We call them spiritual gifts, so that you can be you the best. Okay? The Holy Spirit, you know, you're like, Matt, okay, so can I just share with you something that I wrote? I know what some of you are thinking. You're thinking, yeah, right, God, real funny. That God could use you to bless other people. Because Jesus has given you to us. He's given you to me. Like, 
what I'm just what I'm doing here today, guys, is I'm taking this hierarchy that you guys come and you listen to Matt, and I'm leveling the playing field that says we are the church. Yes, I play a specific role in what we're doing as a church body, but I play a part. I am not the part. I am not the body. I'm a part of the body. I am the first apostle for New City Church that moved here and said, hey, we're going to start this church. And then other people have joined me to help in this endeavor. But we all get to play. We all get to play. And so Jesus has gifted you to us. You are a gift given to me, to her, to him, to them for one purpose. Here's the why God has gifted you to us. You were supposed to help us look like and live like Jesus. The reason that you're here and reason God has equipped you and, and, and wired you a certain way is to help the people around you reach maturity in Christ. That's why. And that's why some of you go, yeah, real funny, God, ain't no way because you know you better than I know you. And you're thinking, Matt, if you knew who I was and what I was doing and how I'm thinking, you would never say, go teach this thing. You would never say, go do this thing. But I, I, gotta, I, I want to share this with you. I've heard some of you say this, this actual phrase. I'm a hot mess. No, you're God's hot mess. You're not your own. You belong to God. If you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you are saved. When you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, that's the proclamation, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, Scripture says that you are saved. Now get this. Don't miss this. When you confessed and believed, at that very moment, a transaction happened in your life. God took your sin and he gave you life. I don't care how old you are. I don't care how young you are. At the moment of this transaction, when you've confessed and believed that God uh, sent his son, Jesus, to live and die for you, the moment you confess and believe that, a transaction happened, a spiritual transaction, where God, through Jesus, took your sin and he gave you life. Now, God grabs you at that moment by the shoulders, and he said, I don't want you walking this way, I want you walking that way. Curtis, can I borrow you for a second? He's like, you didn't do this first hour, and I go, I know I ran out of time. So the moment, we're all Curtis. Say, hi, Curtis. So we're all, Curtis is going to represent every one of you, and I'm going to represent God, okay? The moment that we say yes to Jesus, it's like the whole, the Spirit, God the Father grabs your shoulders and says, no, not this way. I want you walking this way. <laughs> Come here, Curtis, but that's not what he does. See, that's what we think he does. That's not what he does. See, don't make me move. All right, so, he's, so Curtis says he's us, and we say yes to Jesus. Confess with our mouth, believe in our heart. And God says, no, not this way. I want you to walk with me. Come on. Oh, man. Aww. That's what God does. Some of, you, some of you think that you said yes to Jesus, and God redirected your life and just pushed you and said, go, figure it out. That's not, that's not good theology. Good theology is God says, no. I paid for your life with my very, very dear son's blood. Come follow me. We're going to do this together, right? You're not on your own. I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. Sarah here has a fun story. I'm going to tell it real quick. Is that all right? I'm going to tell it more later. But she's been, I'm going to mess it up, but she's been praying for some time for this promotion in her job. I don't have my phone or I'd read it to you what she said. And she's been uh, struggling with kind of the giving aspect. Maybe I should say struggling, but she, she said she's never tithed before. And she took a step of faith, and I didn't tell her to do this, so I don't know, I'd love to hear why, but she started tithing. Took, took a risk and started giving 10% of her income. 
this past week, she got the promotion she's been praying for and asking for for a long, long time. And she's like, she messaged me and says, God is so faithful, right? Because God doesn't take you and say, hey, go do this. Go do this. No, no. He says, hey, Sarah, I'm going to walk with you. Like, even on the, like in every area. Like, I'm not going to go figure out money on your own or go figure out parenting on your own. Go figure out marriage on your own. No, no, no. I'm going to walk with you through these things. I will never leave you nor forsake you. And as we go out as these commissioned, walking with Jesus people, he's made you as an apostle, a prophet, evangelist, shepherd, a teacher. And then he says, listen, I'm going to give you a supernatural gift so that you can be for me out there, but it's going to be me working through you. So I want to show you what the Holy Spirit gives you. These are found in 1 Corinthians 12 and Romans 12. I'm not going to read the scriptures. I want you to read those on your own. But here is what we would read from that list. I just took them and I just took out the gifts that that Paul identifies that are spirit-given. And when you're using these gifts, guess who's powering you to use them? Let's vocalize this. When you are operating with these spiritual gifts, who is operating through you? The Holy Spirit. And so on, it's not about, hey, he gave me wisdom, so God, get out of my life, and I'm going to use the wisdom to build my kingdom. No, as you're offering your time for the purposes of God, his Holy Spirit has gifted you with certain things so that you can make New City or wherever you choose to worship, in your family, in your workplace, the most holy spiritual thing that you've got. You're not going to have all of these, by the way. I don't know how many you'll get. You'll get at least one, but don't go, yeah, I got them all. You ain't Jesus, all right? Hate to be the one to pop your bubble, right? But you do have some of these, and you didn't get to pick them. The Holy Spirit decides, based on your unique calling, what God desires for you to have. So here's the list. First of all, wisdom. If the Spirit has gifted you wisdom, you have this uncanny ability to make things clear. Like, you're, you're, just, you're just wise. You bring clarity. Some of you are smart. You have been gifted the gift of knowledge. You weren't once smart. You've just gotten smarter. You seem to be like a sponge when it comes to learning things. And, and you're reminded of things in conversation. And you know what you do as a body, a part of this body, is you make us smarter. Man, some of you have been gifted with this spiritual gift of faith. And I put up there, yes, he will, exclamation point. Because you hear people's struggles, and you, hear, you see the obstacle, you see the thing that's scary, and you're like, man, God's got this. Uh, man, he, he will come through. He will do this. And some of you, man, others of you don't have that. And, and you need people that happen to come alongside you and say, man, come on, man, keep your head up. God will come through. Miracles. I'm sorry, healing. When you pray, people get healed. Now, some of these, you don't know you have it because you've never practiced it. Well, how do you know if you have the gift of healing? The next time you hear that somebody's sick, pray for them. If they get better, guess what? You have it. But keep practicing it. Like uh, Stanton Coe, who's back on slides right now, his back's hurting this morning. He's taking in a lead because he's got back pain. Others in this room have things going on in their life that you would like, man, I would love to know who has the gift of healing because my deductible is way too high. <laughs> Am I right? Now, I don't know how that works, Adrian, with pregnancy with twins. I don't know. But uh, with other things, right? But maybe, but listen, maybe just being brave and bold to say, you know what, I don't know if I have this gift, but I heard that your back was hurting. Stanton, can I pray for you? Who knows until you exercise it? What about miracles? Things that shouldn't happen, happen. I don't get this one. Isn't it fun not to know all the answers? Like, I don't, like, like but maybe you're a person that, man, when, when you get involved with stuff, things that shouldn't happen just happen. Like, it's weird and it's crazy and it's wild. And, man, people are like, dude, never seen nothing like it. Man, if that's you, exercise that gift. Prophecy. You speak forward and it happens. 
Like you, you come and you, and you say, hey, I want to speak into your life. I, I have this vision. I have this thought. I have this word. I have this scripture. And man, I, when I read it, your face came to my brain and I just got to share it with you. Or hey, man, I was thinking of you and I had this thought. Man, I want to share it with you. And you know what? Things happen. Like there are people in this room who have this gift, who have said things to me. And man, wouldn't you know it? It happens. And so when they speak, guess what I do? I listen. I listen. Discernment. You can distinguish between the bull. Man, you know, you, you, dude, you know when you're being filled up, right? Like you just know. You can distinguish between error and truth. Speaking in tongues. You speak to God in a prayer language. Like, and if somebody was to come up beside you and you were talking in this language, they wouldn't know what you're saying unless they had the next one. Gift of interpretation. Some of us in this room have the gift of tongues. Some of us in this room don't. Nobody gets all the gifts. But it is a way to talk to the Lord in a specific way. If you read in 1 Corinthians chapters, I believe, uh, 14 and 15, Paul unpacks a little bit more about this, the hits and the misses. Because sometimes churches do a great job of getting so confused on what that is and the gift of tongues. So I would encourage you guys to read more about that. Look at this next one, service. You support the church behind the scenes. And you know what's funny? That one doesn't sound near as spiritual as healing, does it? Come on, have you ever really thought about it and you're really good at Excel and you're like, man, those healers better watch out. <laughs> right? Because in, in, Bibli- like in Bible times, you don't, and like when you read the scriptures, you, we get inspired by the miracles. Not that the guys got together and brought on uh, seven more deacons to help manage the church. Like we don't read that and go, wow. Those guys were great, had the gift of service to get everybody on the same page and bring order back to chaos. But we would be like, whoo, did you see what Peter, man, his shadow would hit people and he would get healed. People were healed. And we're like, whoa, that's awesome. Man, some of you have the gift of service and the church needs the gift of service. Especially when you want to reserve a room and you walk in and it's chaos. Man, who has the gift of service around here? Come on, wasn't somebody supposed to organize this for me? Like the gift of service is the backbone of any church. And so if you have that, don't, don't water it down, man. Use your gifting that the Spirit has given you to make us better. Uh, teaching and exhorting, a little different. Teachers help us learn. If you're an exhorter, you're the, it's like the football coach who grabs the football player by the shoulder pads and says, come here, man. And you're not putting him on the bench, you're not kicking him out of the game, and you're not sending him to the locker room. This is what you do when you exhort somebody. You can do better, and you can do more, and you didn't give me your all on that last play. I know you got more in you. Come on. And you slap him on the button, you go on right? Don't do that in the lobby. You could offend somebody, right? <laughs> giving. You resource ministry and mercy. Like that doesn't mean that if you don't have the spiritual gift of giving that you don't give offering at Sunday morning. So I'm not giving you a pass. Hey, I don't have to give today. I don't have the gift of giving. No, no, no. Some of you are naturally generous people. Like it's crazy. Like I'm, I'm not even going to call you to embarrass you, but I know some of you in this room, you're, you're like really, really generous. Man, use that to bless the body. And finally, oh, last, last two, leading. You define reality, you cast vision, you direct the people. This is a God-given gift. You, ca- you define reality, you tell us where we're going and how we're going to get there. You tell what's going on, tell where we're going and how we're going to get there. And then finally, we have mercy, right? And you bring people hope. Man, when you're talking to somebody and they're down on the dumps, man, you speak power into their life. You speak truth into their life. You lift them up. You have this gift of mercy. And when you see somebody that's down and out, you don't run from them, you lean into them. Man, when we operate in these giftings, we become a really, really, really strong church. Now, I want to bring your attention to two things. 
Last, last scripture and something on the inside of your bulletin. I don't know if you guys have noticed this, but if you have your bulletin this morning, I want you to open this up. And at the bottom, you're going to see three statements on the bottom. And I would encourage you to take the time this week, today even, to process some of what uh, you're, you've heard and what you're hearing. And so the three questions at the bottom, they simply say this, what is God calling you to do? The things that I've shared today, what is God calling you to do? Second question, when is he calling you to do it by? And three, who can walk, it, uh, who can, uh, who can walk with you in it? So what is God calling you to do? When are you going to do it by? And basically, who are you going to tell? This is the scripture I want you to process. Colossians chapter 3, verse 17. Please write that on your teaching notes. Colossians 3, 17 and verse 24. We learn this. And whatever you do, in word or in deed, do everything in the name of the Lord, of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. Whatever you do, do it from the heart as something done for the Lord and not for people knowing that you will receive the reward of inheritance from the Lord. Last five words, church, will you read that with me? You serve the Lord Christ. Can we read that again? You serve the Lord Christ. Whether you eat, drink, whatever you do, work it out with your spirit-given gifts. Whatever you got planned for today, tomorrow, moving forward, how do you operate as a body, as a part of the body of Jesus Christ? Now, God has gifted us, right, in a lot of different gifts. In all of us in this room, we come together to form one body. We are the church, and our church name is New City. And some of you that are with me, that are all in, I want to show you uh, something that I want you to really celebrate. And when I say all in, what I mean is this isn't just where you come and listen. You, you serve, you give. Like if you had poker chips, you would push them all in to say, I'm a part of New City Church. Some of you are there. For those of you who are not yet there, I want you to watch this video and so that you can see how this church is making an impact even outside Sunday morning. This is powerful, this is good, and this is not New City Church. This is us using a resource that God has gifted us, this facility that we purchased back in October, and how God has continued to use the thing that you help fund to impact lives all across our school district. So Jesus, I pray that you would increase our faith and our generosity, increase our, uh, our willingness to be generous towards your causes as we offer our time and we offer our building that you've blessed us with to other people throughout our city. God, thank you for that story. And I know that's just one of 170-something. Jesus, thank you so much. It's in your name that we pray. Amen.